Stations he might float away from the tediousness of driving. He drove on. The cars before him were moving as carefully as ships in fog. Less carefully, he followed. He glanced at his rearview mirror and saw the headlights of a car close behind. Raising a little higher in the seat, he glanced at his face in the dark mirror. He settled and returned his fingers to the radio dial. He searched again for music. He had been surprised at the anger and fear he had seen on his face, but he knew of nothing to do about it. He knew of nothing to do but to keep driving. At last, at a point where the slow train line of cars overlapped a side street, he suddenly spun the steering wheel and nosed the Buick from the line. He pressed the accelerator, and the rear of the heavy car came sliding sideways, trying to catch pavement, and catching, burned a brief squeal, squirting momentary rainbows of slush. He began driving slowly. He turned corners here and there. He had no plan now of going anywhere, nor was he much aware that he had no plan. He turned into a driveway once to turn around, But backing out again, in a confusion of changing his mind, he continued the same way. The tediousness of driving kept building in him. It was as if the car held only a cup of gasoline, but would not stop rolling on and on. He turned the radio dial again. He found music now, but it was too thin to allow him to float anywhere. Letting the dial go, he tried to escape into a fantasy. He imagined someone being sentenced to death on a challenge of no one in the crowd being willing to drive through the city at a hundred miles an hour, and he was raising his hand, stepping forward. But the fantasy did not work. The ordeal of driving did not go away. As if allowing him a moment's diversion, the tediousness slipped back into him, stirring through his chest and stomach. He saw in time that he was on Court Street, on an outer edge of the city. Buses were separating and gathering on the other side of the street, exhausting sprays of diesel pepper into the snow. The buses were filled with downtown office workers and high school students, perhaps a few stray and way-late factory workers. Alex imagined the bus aisles with melting snow underfoot, with books on girls' warm knees. He saw himself, as if in a distant past, hanging by a loose arm, reading concave advertisements as the bus swayed along. Still, the tediousness of driving did not go away. The pressure kept growing until he felt it in his jaws, and he began losing his strength of grip on the steering wheel. His stomach was drawing tighter. It was a pressure an anguish which had overtaken him before, but he did not think of that, nor very clearly of anything. He closed his eyes against the feeling and opened them. His jaws felt chilled. He removed his foot from the accelerator, and as the sensation was seizing him, he slammed his palms against the steering wheel, jarring it as if a violent striking there might cancel an explosion elsewhere. No explosion came. 
In only a moment, coasting almost to a stop, the feeling turned from its peak and began to ease. He guided the car toward the curb, where it rolled to a stop in the deeper snow. Pushing a chrome tab, he hummed the window down. He realized how hot and dry the car had become. He turned his head to the open space for better air. The snow falling by and the sharp, moist air were refreshing. When he had rested a moment and his stomach and breathing were closer to normal, he pressed the accelerator lightly, not to spin the wheels, and drove on again. He gave little thought to what had happened. Shivering, feeling chilled once more, he pushed the tab and the window rose beside him. At a red light, turning a corner onto Court Street in front of him, was a black police cruiser. Two uniformed policemen were in the front seat, and Alex's eyes and the eyes of the driver glanced at each other. Alex looked